Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. I greet you this Tuesday with Jesus' joy. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and of course, we are rejoicing, and we are glad in the blessing of the day. Certainly thankful, blessed, and grateful to have this opportunity to connect with you on this Tuesday for another walk through the Word of God in the Old Testament. As we are continuing our study of the book of Leviticus, uh, we began our lesson last week on the standards for human life and living. Uh, we looked at the first half of chapter 11 last week. In today's session, we're going to take a look at the second half of chapter 11, which is the second point from this lesson series. Um, I pray and trust that you have your handout, you've got your lesson material, you've got your Bible, of course, and uh, have your note-taking material ready to dive in to this lesson as we seek to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, one who rightly divides the word of truth. Uh, so we want to give you an opportunity now. Let's go ahead and do that now. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, we're certainly grateful and thankful to have you joining us for Bible study, our Old Testament word walk, which takes place on Tuesdays at 1130 a.m. and 7 p.m. virtually. And at this hour is also, if you're watching the morning class and you're in the Rocky Mount area, you can join us in person Tuesday mornings at 1130 uh, at the St. James Church. We will be certainly happy to have you join us in worship. That QR code in the bottom of the corner of the screen there is there for you to access our lesson handout. Uh, if you'll take a moment to access that, you can just take a quick shot of that QR code. It will actually take you directly to uh, the handout, or you can visit the St. James Missionary Baptist Church website, www.sjmbc-rm.org, and please be sure to click on the Old Testament Word Walk uh option in the headline banner at the top of the page. It will take you directly to our handouts. You can access today's lessons handout as well as the previous lessons handouts uh, that are there for you to access and keep up with our study through the word of God. Let's take a moment and let's pray now. Let's seek God's guidance and God's power and presence as we walk through his word together. Join me now and let's pray. Eternal and all-wise God, we come before you now saying thank you for this day. Thank you for our life, our health, our strength. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love toward us. How you continue to look beyond our faults and continue to supply every one of our needs. God, as I come before you people, I realize that I have studied. And God, I realize that there is power in your word. But God, only you know what your people need to hear at this hour. So I pray now, God, that you would speak to me, speak through me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be found acceptable in thy sight, not only at this moment, but at every moment of my life. This is my prayer. I offer it now in the name of he who was, he who is, and he who is to come, our Lord and Savior Jesus. We pray and we praise. Amen and amen. So, beloveds, last week when we were together, we took a look at the laws or the standards as it related to eating. And of course, you know, we dealt with the concept of clean and unclean. 
understanding and knowing that clean and unclean for the Old Testament believers was found in the fact that it was not based upon the animal. It was based upon totally what God said. And last week I closed by trying to make sure that we understand that whereas this was set up for the nation of Israel under the Old Testament, and those animals that we discussed last week, can't help but say this comically, last week in the in-person class, I had two brothers to almost walk out of the class uh, when they saw verse seven that basically said the pig was forbidden. Uh, but we came to understand through our study of the word of God last week that God had basically shifted us away from the standards of law that he set for his chosen people, Israel. He basically, when it comes to the New Testament, had them to understand that everything he created was clean. Everything he created was suitable. All we had to do was offer thanksgiving and ask God to bless it and it would be found suitable. So when we think about the old and the new, we still hear the words of John chapter one, verse 17, the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So in today's lesson, we continue in that particular vein. We stay in that exact same vein as we deal with the standards for human life and living. Last week, we talked about clean and healthy eating. Um, eating right, clean and healthy eating. Um, if you remember just a quick review of everything that we talked about last week, we said that last week chapters 11 through 15 are going to help us zero in on the laws of the clean and the unclean. Uh, we said last week also that this section of scripture teaches us that everyday living in God's sight is equally as important as spiritual living. There's proof of that even in scripture. John, uh, third John verse two basically says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. What good is it to enjoy spiritual blessings, but you're too sick to enjoy them? We said it last week in the, in the uh, in-person class, what good is it for us to, to ask God to bless us financially, bless us materially, but not ask God to bless us physically. And then we end up too sick to enjoy the blessing. Last week, we said that this passage of scripture is gonna help us focus on three things. Last week, we talked about the clean and healthy eating. Clean and healthy eating. In today's lesson, we're gonna take a look at chapter 11, verses 24 through 47, the second half of chapter 11, where we're really going to zero in on clean and healthy living, clean and healthy living. There are two basic things that I really want to get over to us as it relates to clean and healthy living. Number one, what are we touching? Physical touch. All right. And then we're going to talk and we're going to wrap up also talking about the power of discernment. What are we thinking? What are we perceiving? In order to live clean and healthy, we gotta be careful of what we allow to come in close proximity. We gotta be careful of what we allow to touch us, and we must equally be careful of what we touch. But then along with that, we gotta also be mindful of what we discern. Let's make sure that we will be cognizant and con uh, always aware of those things. 
So now when we get into this clean and healthy living, clean and healthy living, clean and healthy living, what exactly are we talking about? We are talking about understanding how important it is that not only are our physical bodies kept clean as the temple and the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, but we also have to be careful of our thought processes. We also have to be careful of what we allow to invade our bodies, our personal spaces, our minds, our thought processes. Everything has to be clean. It is God's desire for us to live a life that is always holy and pleasing in his sight. And in order for us to do that, we must be mindful. We must be always mindful of not only what we do, but how we do it. So in today's lesson, we're going to take a look at Leviticus chapter 11 verses 24 through 47. I'm going to read it in its entirety today, um, and then we're going to walk through it uh, as the Lord gives it to us. And I'm going to reference a couple of other passages of scripture as well as we take a look and discuss clean and healthy living. If you have the handout, I'm under Roman numeral number two uh, for today's lesson. Let's read. Uh, Leviticus chapter 11, verses 24 through 47. English Standard Version gives it to us as such. And by these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches their carcass shall be uncleaned until the evening. And whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven-footed, remember we talked about that last week, and does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. And all that walk on their paws among the animals that go on all fours are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And he who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. And these are unclean to you among the swarming things that swarm the ground. The mole rat, the mouse, the great lizard of any kind, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all that swarm. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until the morning, until the evening. And anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it's an article of wood or a garment or a skin or a sack, any article that is used for any purpose, it must be put into water and it shall be unclean until the evening. Then it shall be clean. Verse 33. And if any of them falls into any earthenware vessel, all that is in it shall be unclean. You shall break it. Hmm. Any food that is any food in it that could be eaten on which water comes shall be unclean. And all drink that could be drunk from every such vessel shall be unclean. And everything on which any part of their carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether oven or stove, it shall be broken in pieces. They are unclean and shall remain unclean for you. 
Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern holding water shall be unclean, shall be clean. But whoever touches a carcass in them shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass falls upon any seed, grain that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and any part of their carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. And if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And whoever eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Verse 41, every swarming thing that swarms on the ground is detestable. It shall not be eaten. Look at verse 42. Whatever goes on its belly and whatever goes on all fours and whatever has many feet, any swarming thing that swarms on the ground, you shall not eat for they are detestable. You shall not make yourselves detestable with any swarming thing that swarms and you shall not defile yourselves with them and become unclean through them. For I am the Lord, your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law about beast and bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the living creature that may be eaten and the living creature that may not be eaten. Now, once again, beloveds, we're seeing that word, those words rather clean and unclean, but it's important that I share with you in the outset, verses 24 through 43 are just there for instruction. And we're gonna walk through that. We're gonna spend a great deal of our time there, but the whole basis of this lesson are really found in the final five verses, final four verses rather, verse 44, 45, 46, and 47. The whole basis of this lesson is found in those four verses where God continuously shares with them, don't forget, I'm the one that brought you out. Don't forget, I'm the one that, that, that brought you out of slavery. I'm the one that brought you to this pilgrimage to the promised land. So now I need you to remember that I did this so that I could be your God. And if I am your God, you need to be holy. You need to be holy. That's why he said in verse 44, consecrate yourselves and be holy for I am holy. Don't defile yourselves, verse 44, with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. The whole emphasis of this particular passage, verses 24 through 47, is to make sure that God's chosen people, Israel, avoid doing anything that would cause them to defile themselves or to make themselves, remember we talked about this in the beginning, that we talked about the holy, the common, and the profane. God wants us to live lives in such a way that we are constantly representing him in a holy fashion. 
Mm-hmm. In verses 24 through 43, there is so much regulation there. All right. He begins by basically talking about people who became defiled by touching a carcass. They were considered unclean until the end of the day. They had to wash themselves. They had to wash their clothes and couldn't even enter the camp until sunset. Why was this? They wanted to make sure that they did not spread any contamination that they could have picked up from touching a dead animal. If the dead creature fell on an earthen vessel, remember we talked about that, for hygiene reasons, the vessel was smashed. Anything touched by a carcass, anything touched by something that was dead, anything that was touched by a dead animal had to be either washed or destroyed. Which brings me to the very first point that I want to drive in today's lesson. Holy, healthy, clean living. Point number A under number two, we must avoid interacting with anything that's dead. Okay, this is more than just hygiene. And granted, it was there for them to avoid sickness. But the main reason, the main reason this was there was to teach the children of Israel, the chosen people, it was to teach them how to appreciate cleanliness and how to shun anything that was not clean. All right, that that principle continued into the New Testament in second Corinthians chapter six, beginning at verse 14 into chapter seven, verse one. We find Paul teaching that same principle, making sure that the believer who is serious about holy living does not allow himself to become connected or to interact with anything that is dead. Somebody catch a revelation. There's a spiritual principle there that we must see. There's a spiritual principle. We don't want anything connected to us that is going to bring shame to the name of the Lord. We gotta be also careful that we don't allow someone who is spiritually dead to connect with us. Why? There are some things that could rub off. You gotta be careful who you hang with. Can I teach this like I feel it? You gotta be careful who you hang with. You gotta be careful who you allow to feed into your spirit. You gotta be careful to watch folks who got a form of godliness but don't have any power because a form of godliness and no power makes that person weak. And that person that is weak becomes useless. Lord, help me teach this this, this day. We must understand he even goes so far in verses 29 and 30 to also list little rodents, lizards, and other creeping things. What's, what's the point? He's basically making sure that we understand that these small creatures could die and be so concealed that a person would not even know that a carcass was there. Why? They were so small. Or the corpse of a, of a lizard or a rodent could fall into a container or on fabric, making it unclean. All right. For this cause, Jewish women had to be very careful in their housekeeping lest anything be present that would make their inhabitants, 
their material, their clothing, their, their food, all of that, the vessels, the Bible says, that even the food goes into, you have to be careful. We do not want to interact with anything dead. May I say that again? We do not want to interact with anything dead. Which brings me to a very important nugget that I want to share with you that I did not put in the handout, but you might want to write this down. In Leviticus chapter 11, Leviticus chapter 11, you find the word unclean mentioned 32 times. You may want to write this down. The word unclean is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 11, 32 times, while the word abomination is listed and mentioned in the King James Bible 10 times. What God says to us is this, whatever is unclean is an abomination in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 5 and 20 said that we must woe, be, beware, be warned of those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. See, see, the first step toward disobedience is often, here it is, reclassifying what God has already said is unclean. All right, let's, let's go back. We, we just dealt with Adam and Eve a few weeks ago. Let's go back. Did not God say that the tree in the midst of the garden was off limits? to man and woman. But according to Genesis chapter three, verse six, after she encountered the serpent, she saw that the tree was good for food and took the, took the food and ate it. All right. Remember, remember the battle of Jericho in Joshua chapter six, verses 16 through 19. God said that the whole spoil of Jericho was under divine restriction. We just talked about this in Sunday school a few weeks ago. And it was not to be touched by the human soldiers. But you remember what happened. Achan revised, he reclassified it, took some of the spoil. It costed him his life and he put the whole nation in jeopardy with God. Isn't that something? Remember, remember, remember this now. We live in a society that rejects moral absolutes and will be quick to try to twist what God said to make it fit the way we want to live. But even in that, beloveds, so society's reclassifying of sin does not change what God said. Which brings me to the second point of today's lesson. God said, God said, God said, let me get it up on the screen. God said, and we must remember that our bodies are the spirit's dwelling place. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20 makes it abundantly clear that we must honor God with our bodies and with our spirits. Why? They both belong to him. So we must remember that if we're going to live healthy and live clean, not only with our eating, we got to watch how we associate ourselves. We got to watch who we associate ourselves with. We got to watch what we allow to touch us. Can I make that live? Not only in a natural sense, but even in a spiritual sense. You don't want to be hooked up with some spirit that is so full of negative, 
and venom and vice and discord. You don't want to be hooked up with that because what's going to end up happening? You get hooked up with it. It will affect your spirit. It will affect your walk with God. So we must remember that our bodies are the spirit's dwelling place. That's why the word of God tells us that we got to honor God. We got to honor God with everything we do. We got to honor God with everything we say. We got to honor God in our attitudes, in our actions, and even in our atmospheres. There go those three words again. Does, 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 your, does your house bring glory to God? Does your living bring glory to God? Does, does your attitude, the way you treat and interact people with people, does it bring glory to God? Everything we do, beloveds, God must be glorified. Amen. 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 Evangelist Billy Sunday used to always say that a sinner can't find God for the same reason a criminal can't find a police officer. Why? A criminal is never looking for a police officer. Amen. We must realize, we must realize that we can have the right diagnosis and the right remedy, but when we take it and twist it to make it fit what we want to fit, how we want it to fit, you know, when we take Sigmund Freud's belief that a little vice is all right as long as you don't get caught. What does that say? We must be always mindful, always mindful. We must be always mindful of everything we do, everything. That's what, that's what verses uh, 20, uh, uh, 23 through 43 share with us, that everything we do must bring glory and honor to God. We cannot reclassify sin to make us feel comfortable. And I, I know, I hear some of you, I hear some of you saying, well, pastor, that's a whole lot easier said than done. Well, see, here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Jeremiah chapter eight, verses 10 and 11, Jeremiah said this, prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. In other words, look at what Jeremiah says God is saying to him. They dress the wounds, which simply says that there are some areas in our lives that are injured and require treatment. But instead of treating it as the serious thing that it is, we try to wrap it and just be done with it. People of God, if we're going to live healthy, happy, holy lives, some things we can't play around with. Some things we're going to have to learn to call a spade a spade. Some things we're going to have to learn to call sin, sin. If it's wrong, we got to tell folks that it's wrong. Now, hear me now because I need to warn us in the spirit. Don't become so heavenly minded. Don't become so high-minded. Don't become so bemeaning, so bemoaning, and so belittling that in your attempts to correct and convict, you destroy a soul. Amen. We must be also careful. The word of God, Proverbs tells us that our truth, our words must be seasoned with grace. 
We got to bring correction, but we got to do it with grace. Amen. We, we got to tell folks that they are not right, but we got to do it with grace. That's, that's the way that we win the world. Amen. That's the way we win the world. We win them over by showing grace. Let's stop being so hard on people because they don't look like us and they don't act like us. Teach JT worthy. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Let's, let's stop being so hard on people when they mess up because but for the grace of God, it could be us. Amen. Why do you think that even in Leviticus, in this particular section of scripture, God tells Moses to tell the people, some things can be washed, but some things you got to destroy. You got to throw it away. If it defiles you, if it is defiling, if it causes more harm than good, you got to learn how to stay away from it. Which brings us to verse 44, because in this particular passage of scripture, what we're seeing here is that if the Jewish people were to keep themselves clean and pleasing to God, it was more than just a physical practice. There was a spiritual practice. There was a spiritual practice. Point number three uh, from uh, Roman numeral two of the handout is where I'm going. We must exercise discernment to not only stay clean, but to live clean. All right. We see it there. As a matter of fact, let's 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 go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number six. And let's look at verses one through nine, jump over one book of the Bible real quick. Deuteronomy chapter number six, two books of the Bible rather, uh, Deuteronomy chapter number six, and let's look at verses one through nine. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Uh, De Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one through nine, English Standard Version. Now this is the commandment the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at this verse four Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord, your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these things that I command you today shall be on your heart. Verse seven, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. That's not enough. Keep reading. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your eyes. Lord have mercy. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So here, what we're seeing here is 
just as Deuteronomy teaches us moving forward that they must, if they are going to keep themselves clean and pure, if they're going to be the dwelling place of God, they had to exercise discernment. Now, when we talk about discernment in the New Testament, we're talking about that gift to be able to pick up on things that may not be visibly seen or things that are not readily revealed. But in the Old Testament, discernment comes from a word that simply meant that they had to know God's word, they had to obey God's word, and they had to respect God's word. Mm-hmm. Fathers and mothers, according to Deuteronomy chapter six, had to teach their children and warn them about things that were unclean. The priest had to teach the people and remind them of the commandments of the Lord, okay? It was when Israel neglected God's word and refused to obey it that those abomination practices around them, we talked about that just a few weeks ago as well in Sunday school. Remember Joshua had to really bring it to their attention of how faithful God had been to them, but despite God's faithfulness, they still turned on him. They still shunned him. The Jews had to remind themselves every hour of every day that they belonged to God. Verse 44, Leviticus eleven forty-four basically says, you consecrate yourself and be holy. Mm-hmm. Why? I am holy. I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. Consecrate yourself before me. I'm the one that brought you out of nothing. Consecrate yourself before me. People of God, is anybody seeing what God is saying to us today? Even though we're dealing with an Old Testament passage, this still reveals itself to us. Amen. I can go to the New Testament. Ephesians 4 and 1 tells us that we ought to walk worthy of the vocation to which we have been called. See, see what we got to understand is this, beloved. Obeying God should not be viewed as a burden. For the believer, it's a privilege. Amen. Amen. I want to say that again. Obeying God for a believer is not a burden. For a believer, obeying God is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Moses reminded them of this in Deuteronomy chapter four, verses seven and eight. He said, for what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason, we may call upon him. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in the law, which I have set before you this day? In other words, people, here it is. Old Testament Jew, New Testament Christian. Doesn't matter which one you are. You must walk and walk in a way that brings glory and honor to God. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4.17 says that we should not walk as other Gentiles walk, who walk in the vanity of their minds, who find it easy to go along with the pagan rituals and the pagan practices. Come on, we're right here in 2023. The church is following the same thing. Amen. We're following the same thing 
Dr. G. Campbell Morgan said that the church did the most for the world when the church was the least like the world. Amen. And what does that mean? Here it is. It's the fourth and final point of today's lesson. As Christians, as believers, we must always be mindful of our walk. Our walk, not our dress, our walk. Not our talk, our walk. Because watch this, y'all. If your walk is right, everything else falls into place. Amen. Jews who exercised spiritual discernment were always watching for their walk. And there are four ways that we see it here in just these final verses of Leviticus chapter number 11. There are four ways. Let me put the four ways up on the screen for you now. Here are the four ways. They walked in love. They walked in faith. They walked circumspectly. And they walked as children of life. Let's look at all four of them. Let's look at all four of them. All right. We just read it in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four and five, where he says, the Lord, our God is one, right? Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Matthew 23 picks it up and says, this is a commandment that was built on the law and the prophets. So we got to walk in love, not only love of God, but love of our fellow man. And I'm going to add it even love of self because you can't love your neighbor. This is what Jesus taught until we learn how to love ourselves. We got to walk in love. And when we walk in love, Ephesians 5 tells us we understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe it's verse 17, Ephesians 5, 17. We must keep our eyes open and pay attention to things that are happening around us. I, there it is again. Our attitudes, our atmospheres, and even our actions can defile us. We got to always be watching. God is clean. God is holy. So we've got to walk like children of light. Amen. Because when we walk as children of light, Jesus said, we won't be stumbling in the dark. Amen. When we walk according to God's word, Psalm 119, 105 lets us know that God's word is the lamp to our feet and the light to our pathway. Mm-hmm. God reminds his people in verse 45 that he had redeemed them from Egyptian bondage. Therefore, they belong to him. Point B, walk in faith. Christ has redeemed us. Not so much that we are free to do what we want to do, but Christ freed us so that we can serve him. Mm-hmm. And when we serve him, according to verse 47, we are able to make a difference and distinguish between right and wrong. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jose chapter four, verses five and six says this. Jose he says about Israel what is true about many of us today. Jose chapter four, verses five and six said, you stumble day and night and the prophets stumble with you. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And it's not because the knowledge is not being offered. He said we are destroyed because the knowledge is offered and we reject it. Amen. Amen. 
We reject it. Hebrews 5.14 reminds us that as we are maturing in our faith, we are should be moving rather from milk to strong meat. First Corinthians chapter two, verses 13 through 17 says the same thing. Nothing is more powerful, beloveds, when we are aware of how we are walking. You walk in love, walk in faith, walk circumspectly, walk with an awareness that you are living in an evil world. And just because you're in an evil world doesn't mean you've got to walk like the evil walk. Only the spiritual man has the gift of discernment. And for that cause, we must walk as children of light. What do children of light do? Children of light follow God's word. Children of light obey God's word. Children of light respect God's word. And watch this. If you can find yourself studying to show yourself approved unto him, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, one who rightly divides the word of truth, guess what you're doing? You're winning the world for Jesus Christ. Then will men know that you are my disciples. Why? By the way you love one another. Love your enemies. I'm done, y'all. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. The word of God says that when you do that, you'll heap coals of fire on their heads. This is what clean and healthy living looks like. God, help me to be found following your word. Help me to be found obeying your word. Help me to realize that my steps are ordered by your word and you delight in my way. Though I may fall, though I may fall, though I may trip up, though I may stumble, you don't let me lose heart. You reach out and grab me and you uphold me with your right hand. That's why David said it best. I have been young. I'm finished, y'all. I'm finished for the day. And now am I old? Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? Never do I see this seed begging for bread. What's your point, pastor? What's the point you're trying to drive today? Be careful, beloveds, of what you allow to get too close to your spirit. Be careful of what you allow to be fed into your spirit. Mm -hmm. Remember the word of God says, it's not what comes out of a man that defiles him. It's what goes in him. And for that cause, the word of God tells us that we ought fear. We ought respect, not just not the one that can destroy your body, but you need to fear, respect, honor the one that can destroy your body and your soul into hell. I wanna challenge us today, beloveds, to be found living healthy, living clean. Learn how to stay away from drama. Learn how to keep drama away from you. Learn how to tell folk, if, if, if it's not anything positive, I don't wanna hear it. Let me say this, and I'm gonna say it. Don't let anybody talk bad about your family. Don't let anybody talk bad about your church. I'm going to say it. Don't let anybody talk bad about your pastor in front of you. Because here's what happens. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does, it shall prosper as long as he does not take advice from the ungodly. As long as he doesn't stand in the way, in the way, in the actions, in the atmospheres and in the attitudes of sinners. And as long as he does not sit in the seat of the scornful, don't let your life be nothing but complaints. Don't let your life be one that is always nagging and negative, always finding fault in everything and in everybody. Look at what Psalm one says, blessed is the man who walks not, who stands not, and who sits not. Because here's what happens. If you walk long enough, you're gonna end up standing. And after a while, you stand long enough, you're gonna end up sitting. There are some places, some people, and some things for the sake of healthy living, you don't have time for. I love you, but I ain't got time for that. Amen? Amen. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Thank God for this lesson today. Thank God for this word. And I thank God that he's allowed me to make it live and make it practical for us in this last day and time. Of course, as always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, um, Leviticus chapter 11, uh, verses 23 through 47, uh, please feel free to drop those questions in the comment section. If you are in the morning class, give me a moment. I'll be there just as soon as we wrap up the in-person class. If you're in the evening session, uh, this week I have, uh, another obligation. So if you would stand by, uh, prayerfully we'll be wrapping up right about the time the evening rebroadcast ends. So if you have any questions, please place them in the comment section and, um, we'll take a moment to be found answering them next week. If the Lord shall say the same, we're going to wrap this lesson up next week, uh, taking a look at the third piece, clean and healthy childbirth. We're going to talk about taking care of children, clean and healthy families. We're going to talk about that. And then there are a few life applications uh, that I want to share with you uh, on next week. It's going to be an exciting lesson, a short lesson next week, by the way. Uh, it's only eight verses in chapter 12, so it's a relatively short lesson. But there is some very vital and important points that I want to share with you next week from the 12th chapter of the book of Leviticus. Would ask you as always that you would continue to pray for those who are sick, the shut in families whose hearts are saddened and bereavement at this hour, continue to keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. Uh, in the way of announcements, uh, do not forget, beloveds, uh, the Hour of Power prayer meeting tele via the telephone conference line on Wednesdays from 12 to 1. Minister Stephanie Barnes will be there to join you. I want to invite you to join her for that time of prayer and intercession as we lift up and encourage one another. Also, tomorrow evening at 6 p.m., if you miss Sunday School Sunday, the replay of Sunday School takes place on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. on all of our streaming platforms. And then on Thursday, don't forget, our New Testament Bible study is held at 11.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. virtually. Invite you to connect with us uh, as we walk through and we're continuing our walk through the book of Colossians. Certainly uh, a powerful, powerful writing that Paul shares with the church 
of how to stay strong and to be kingdom people in the midst of wickedness and heresies that are all around us. It is really an eye-opening letter, very small letter, but an eye-opening one. So definitely want to invite you to join us for the New Testament Word Walk on Thursday evenings. Listen, beloveds, I want to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday. If you're in the Rocky Mount area, we would love to have you in worship on Sunday morning. Sunday school begins uh, in person at 915. Cyber Sunday school begins at nine o'clock. And then our worship, both physical and virtual, begins live from the sanctuary at 1030. I almost said 1130. 1030. Uh, AM on Sunday mornings. We are in the midst of a sermon series that simply is entitled, You Don't Know My Story. We're basing it on Psalm 37 and how David spoke in Psalm 37. We're diving in the second installment on this coming Sunday. And uh, we would love to have you join us. Um, If you're in the Charlotte area, let me make this announcement very quickly as we get ready to close. If you are in the Charlotte area, if you're in or near my hometown, I am coming to Charlotte this week, beginning tomorrow night through Friday night at 7.30 p.m. nightly. Meet me at the Galilean Deliverance Community Church. It's located 1220 East 10th Street in the Noda area, the North Davison area of Charlotte. Meet me there tomorrow, Thursday and Friday night. It's fall revival time at Galilean. Looking forward to being with my dear friend and newly consecrated Bishop Marion and the Galilean Church on this week. Certainly looking forward to being with you tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. So if you're in Charlotte, I would love to see you. Would love to have you come and worship with us this week uh, at the Galilean Church. Um, Until next Tuesday, it is my will, but it's got to be the will of God that we will be together. I look forward to seeing you join us next week as we continue our walk through the book of Leviticus. Let's close now in a word of prayer. God, in Jesus name, I say thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the strength of your word. Thank you that our steps continue to be ordered by your word. God, I pray that all that has been done and said has been found to the glory of your name and not to your shame, oh God. I pray that everything that we have shared today has been a seed sown in good soil that will spring forth and bring forth bountiful harvest in the lives of your people. Father, help us to live clean and healthy lives. Help us to avoid anything that would vex our spirits or change our thoughts and our views of you. Above all, God, teach us to remain willing worshipers, willing to serve you better each day of our lives. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We adore you now. This is our prayer. We offer it now in the name of he who was, he who is, and he who is to come. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God's blessings be upon you is our prayer, beloved, to continue to be blessed, continue to be safe. Uh, We look forward to being back with you next Tuesday for another walk through the word of God. Until such time, be blessed and know as always, beloved, we love you all.